Hey everybody, this is uh, Into the Fatherverse. This is episode two. We're recording on February 6th. I'm your host, Trey Stevens, joined again by Fred Metcalf and Tim Rose. And Clay Bear just couldn't be here this week. So we're doing, we're moving on without him. I don't think we'll really be missing much. <laughs> His accent. <laughs> His cow moving in the background. Say the cow. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to go ahead and start off with, again, you know, what we've been doing this week, playing, reading, watching. Uh, Fred, you've been doing anything? Yeah, so I've been playing the crap out of, um, it's called, uh, I think it's Immortal, yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising. It's on a Switch. I think it might be on other platform as well, but I've been playing it on the Switch. It is an open world uh, actually okay it, it's basically breath of the wild meets assassin's creed um, i thoroughly enjoy it it's very very fun they took all the horrible things from breath of the wild and made them better so i don't know i, I mean if you're listening and you've played breath of the wild then you know how like the grind for weapons and food is super annoying but <clears throat> in phoenix rising they they got rid of all that the fighting mechanics are really, really fun. It seems very um, Assassin's Creed-like. And it's made by Ubisoft, so that explains that. But yeah, no, it's a lot of fun, and I've been playing. I think I got 20 hours in it so far, and I'm only halfway through the game. But that's just because I keep doing all the side quests instead of actually playing the game. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's a lot of fun. It, it was. It got major fanfare all the way up to its release, and then it was released, and the marketing kind of died down for it, which I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, it's super fun though. Like, like I've not had any issues with it. it's very like it's very well made. There's no bugs that I've noticed. Um, literally everything that I hated about Breath of the Wild, they took and improved on. Like the uh, you know Breath of the Wild just had asinine puzzles, and they were just they they there were just strange puzzles that just got really annoying and boring, and they just way too complicated. Um, so like all the puzzle systems in Phoenix Rising. You know they're not easy. They're, they're some of them are very difficult, but the um, the puzzles just don't seem random. Like they they flow very nicely. Like you figure out what you're supposed to be doing, and they just kind of flow really nicely. Where in Breath of the Wild, it's just like who knows what you're supposed to be doing at this point in time. I heard the uh, some of the humor is a little cringeworthy though. <laughs> That's why I love it because the entire time you're playing it, um, Prometheus is. Uh, um, narrating the story to Zeus and just throughout the entire time Prometheus will like say something and Zeus will chime in and be like hey that's not my fault okay I can't help it that Athena decided to do that or something like I don't know I like it I'd like to give was, it a shot I was really interested in it because you know mythology and whatnot mm -hmm. and then like I said it kind of just released and I was like oh I didn't even know that came out um, like two months ago so <laughs> if you, you know. haven't played it I recommend it and it, like it does follow um the the, the story, like the mythology pretty closely and that's actually what makes the um the commentary between zeus and prometheus really funny because apparently zeus doesn't understand like doesn't know it so he'll just be talking about something and uh, prometheus is like you know that's not how that happened right you know that like the sea foam is not actually sea foam right <laughs> and then zeus is just like oh no don't tell me this i don't know i like it it's funny and it's kid-friendly. You can definitely play it in front of your kids. Because they won't get the sexual innuendos, or...? <laughs> I mean, no worse than what's in a Disney show. Well, that's true. 
What have you been up to lately, Tim? Uh, I haven't really been doing much of anything. Um, yesterday, I played the uh, NES um, catalog on the Switch for a little while, hmm. going through a bunch of different games, kind of cheating my way through Ninja Gaiden. Um, because for those of you who don't know, if you don't know, on the Switch, uh, you can just do an automatic rewind and replay. Um, you know, if you die, you just hit the rewind button. So on Ninja Gaiden, which is infamously way too hard, um, I played it and beat it in like an hour. <laughs> so oh, wow. If I died, I would just rewind like about five seconds and just read the match. <laughs> you know? and, so how many times did you die? Oh, way too many to count. Way too many. <laughs> like every boss like is actually super easy. Um, but the levels themselves are so infuriating. So, like, I would get to a boss and be like, oh, thank God, the hard part. And then, like, I'd, I'd beat it. And then I'd begin the next stage. I'd walk two steps. And I'd die by a floating bat. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was it was so infuriating. I would just die, like, every jump. I, it's Have you guys played it before? No, oh, I, I have. Not, not on the, the, the SNES console. Which how how does it play? Because like some of the uh, the games on that are a little clunky, and they don't, or at least they didn't when I first tried it a couple years ago. Um, I thought it was fine. Um, it, the feel is definitely different. Like you're never gonna get that old TV NES yeah. console. Yeah. Feel, so, um, but it was okay. It played fine. It wasn't laggy, anything like that. The controls were responsive. Yeah, I, I was trying to play, I think, like Super Mario Bros. or something on it a while back, and the controls just didn't, they didn't make sense. They didn't, like, you know, they were not responsive. It was very glitchy. Like, it just didn't seem like it was imported properly or something. Now, so is that because did you never, did you not play the original? And maybe that's just how it feels? No, I played the original. It was literally, okay. like, it was the, the Switch, you know, little Joy-Con that was just the weird part. Like, it was just, oh, okay. you hit a button, and then it was just, like, nothing and then like five minutes later it's like oh now you jump right okay thanks yeah because i was like nes games in general back then used to be very like clunky i mean they, just, they didn't move smoothly they just couldn't back then so well, yeah no 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 this, this was literally like there was like a part where i like jumped over a pit and i just like ran and like fell into it and it's like okay and then like 10 seconds after i like respawned i jumped and it was like oh thanks <laughs> thanks <laughs> nice and let's be honest though those joy cons are crap they yeah. are. Am I the only one that has issues with them? Oh, like, they're so bad. No, my, I, I had uh, my Switch for like a month before I started getting drift problems. Yeah. So. Okay, so that, okay, yeah. I, I bought, because, um, you know, it came with the two, uh, just the gray ones, and then I bought um, two colored ones, or I guess just a solid, like, one colored set. And um, for when my sister and stuff comes over, so we have enough to play with everyone. And it's already uh, the blue one or the right one is just drifting hardcore like, i can just leave it sitting there and i'll be playing a game the next thing you know the character's just looking all over the place no spend the money on the pro controller it's well worth it well worth it the only reason why i have the joy cons at this point is because of my kids you know yeah yeah one is basically two controllers so yeah you get your money's worth but yeah they break down so easily and so quickly mm-hmm. yeah do you guys do you guys watch uh um, jerry rigs everything on youtube Never even heard of it. Nope. So the only reason I remember this because he posted a video a couple days ago. He's a guy that like repairs phones and does tear down videos and stuff on all the time. But he uploaded a Switch Joy-Con repair pro- uh, video for the drift issue. Oh, nice. <laughs> so apparently it's fixable. Yeah, I, yeah, I've done enough YouTube videos to know that I could, you know, open it up and get my kit out and start crossing wires. But I. Don't... <laughs> 
I'll just buy a pro controller. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've actually been, thanks to Fred, playing a lot of Smite. Holy cow. Uh, I <laughs> Last week was definitely uh, letting Fred just go underneath the water because I wasn't listening to a word he was saying about Smite. But, oh, my gosh, was I so wrong. That game is so good. Thank you. At least you finally recognize the errors of your way. Yeah, I did. I mean, I, what was it? The day after we did this? Maybe two yeah, days after? Literally like the day after you finally downloaded it and then this dude has been obsessing over it nonstop. <laughs> I think I played, uh, what, two games on the free version? And yeah, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to spend the 30 bucks. Well worth it. Well so worth was it. it 30? Yeah, it was twenty nine ninety nine. But, okay. I mean, like you said, you get all hundred and what? Hundred and some gods that are out now, and every future god, which next week they're putting Tiamat out. Yeah, they they release them. They're, they're pretty good about releasing them like every two three months. I mean, yeah. they've got literally an infinite supply of them to pick from. So yeah, no doubt. I mean, Tiamat looks really cool, so I'm excited to see how that goes. Other than so broken though. Oh, I'm sure. Other than playing Smite, I, I we'll get into a book. I started reading Star Wars: The Light of the Jedi. Really cool if you're into the High Republic era. Uh, so far, it's a really good book. Hmm. I've never gotten into the Star Wars books. I mean, like, there's too many of them. I don't even know where to start. Well, there's so, not that many now. No, there's not that many canon books now. Yeah, but, fair. Uh, this book's really cool because they're introducing a new era into the Star Wars timeline. Uh, the first comic came out last month. This book was either right before it or right after it. So, I mean, if you're wanting a Star Wars book to read, this would be a good starting point because it's the start of this era, which takes, Tim, it's what, 300 years before the first movie? I don't know the exact timeline. I, I believe it's like 300 It's a years. lot of time. Yeah. But basically, they made a big enough gap so that they can write whatever they wanted and it would not interfere with the movie timeline at all. Because you know how Star Wars is so finicky with its, you know, like the lore has to be exact. People will figure it out if right. you don't connect it somehow. So now they've made it so many years away that like literally anything could happen and it wouldn't throw anything else off. Yeah. And you I know mean, how Diz, Diz Would Disney Yoda is. still be alive then though? <laughs> Actually, probably. Yeah. I mean, uh, spoilers, yes. Mm. Oh. He's, he's in the first comic. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know how Disney is. They have the comic. They have a kid's comic based in this era. They have this book. They have a young adult book and a children's book all based in this era already. So. And rumor there's a game in the making. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, didn't didn't they just start a new studio? What was it? Lucas Game Studio or um, something like that? They just started a licensing branch that is actually going to be overseeing was... the entire Star Wars license now so oh is is that why uh ea lost the uh exclusivity rights yes. yeah they, they gave the it to Lord. ea as both publisher and developer and then they i guess they didn't like what they were doing which that's been rumored for a while now they didn't like what they were doing i mean no and, one liked what they were doing and they hey. they actually disbanded lucas uh um lucas, lucas arts yeah and um People thought that was a bad, you know, bad move. But then when, once EA was going to lose the license, they had to open something else back up. So now they're calling it, what is it, Lucas Game, Lucasfilm Games. Yeah. And um, so they're going to oversee the license. And they actually have, like, lore, a lore team that will help with, you know, go to every studio that's working on a game now and make sure it falls in line with their lore. So See, I, I support this decision because, yeah. I mean, like, the last decent Star Wars game that EA put out, like, Battlefront 2, really good after they fixed everything that everyone hated about it. Mm -hmm. And then they were just like, all right, we're not supporting this anymore. 
like I downloaded it uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago when it was free and fantastic game. I absolutely love it. It's definitely like a, you can tell the dice team developed it because it's got a very like battlefield type mm -hmm. feel to it. Like yeah. it feels really nice, super smooth. And it's just like, cool. I want more. And it's just like, Oh, I didn't know that they stopped supporting the game. Yeah. Thanks guys. Uh, Fallen Jedi was really good. I mean, it was done by Respawn, who is part of EA, but Fallen Jedi was, I mean, I enjoyed it. If you like Souls-like games and you want to play as a Jedi, I'd definitely check it out, but... I liked it. You do you remember... Fred? I, I don't... I, is that on, like, is that on PC? Yeah. It's on everything. Yeah. Uh, I guess I know what I'm going to be checking out. <laughs> it's... I really liked it. I borrowed it from a friend and played it. I'd really like to buy it and get back in there. Because towards the end of it, I will be honest, it got a little tedious for me, and I just threw it on easy mode just so I could get through it because it was just so repetitive. But on top of that, didn't they announce that a new studio was going to be working on a Star Wars game? I don't remember who it was now. Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah, you're Ooh, right. That's going to be Which, good. Dude, I can, I can get down with that. Some Assassin's Creed with lifesavers. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to claim the nearest Star Destroyer to get the map to open up, you know. No doubt. <laughs> get up there and synchronize. <laughs> hey, it's going to be nice, though. I mean, yeah. they haven't released a bad game, at least not one I've ever played. Now, they've had some buggy ones, don't get me wrong. They've had some games that had bad releases. But Have like... you played Far Cry 5? I'm not a huge fan of Ubisoft because I feel like all their games feel the same. So that is true. They all have the exact same feel to it. I but mean, once like, you once you paint it over with Star Wars, I might be more worried. <laughs> you know? Get us back into it. Yeah. Uh, well, we've kind of talked about what we were doing. We've kind of been talking about news, and actually, to piggyback on EA, uh, did you guys see EA Sports is picking up college football again? No. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so they announced that they are picking up – it's a little confusing. They, they are doing another college game, but they're not going to brand it with the NCAA. Um, so they're not partnering with NCAA. They're actually getting licenses straight from the schools. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I think it's not set to release till like, 2022. Uh, did it, either of you play the NCAA college fo football? No, I've – I'll be honest. I've never been a fan of sports-based video games. Same. Yeah. yeah. And to make matters worse, EA is notorious for just re, you know, launching yes. the same game repeatedly, sometimes taking things out. Um, I know that two years ago, their big issue was that they literally used the same assets from the game prior to the point where, like, um, animations were the exact same mm -hmm. and then the, that last year they're like we're not going to do that ever again well when the game came out you can literally zoom in on like the stadium the arena and you can see that it says 2019 <laughs> they didn't even change that they forgot so yeah let me tell you have you ever played nhl uh just buy one and stick with it because holy crap they're all the exact same yeah and like they're created characters they have like four faces and two of them are the same but like one have like a bandana or something like it's just yeah it's just really bad i think the only like fun sports video games that i played was the old playstation one games there was this uh hockey one and it was just stupid like you could just like the entire game you could just fight people the entire time in it and then there was a um, uh, a baseball game and it was also just crazy like you could catch on fire in the mm. game that sounds like, like baseball it was just something it was a random 
you know, PlayStation One game, but like that's the only one I ever played and enjoyed that I can remember. Well, yeah, let's just say I'm not a huge fan of EA at all. Yeah. But anyone uh, a fan of EA? <laughs> that's true. Well, you, I mean, Battlefield fan. Just because I play the game does not mean I enjoy EA. Battlefield, oh, like I could go on a seventeen like hour long rant on why Battlefield Five is bad. Well, I mean, hey, we've all played WoW, and let's just say they're not a very good company. But moving on to big companies, uh, Fred and I started talking about this off the air. Jeff Bezos is stepping down from Amazon. Well, kind of. He's stepping down as CEO. Right. He's still going to, I think he's going to be the executive chair member, if yeah. I remember that correctly, yeah. which this was my thought, and I haven't read much on it, depending on how like the structure of Amazon's um, corporate power structure is set up, you know, he's stepping down as CEO, but he's going to the uh, executive chair position. He might actually have more control over Amazon now than he did before. Well, when, when he does actually step down, which is going to be later this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, according to CNBC, uh, he's stepping down later this year, and Andy Jacy is uh, going to be taking his spot. Yeah. yeah. He's the former CEO or something like that, right? Uh, he is the company's top cloud executive. Uh, he joined in 1997, and he's led the web services cloud team since then. Yeah, he's the CEO of AWS, which is uh, a subsidiary of um, Amazon, which for people who don't know, uh, Amazon Web Services, or AWS, is the biggest moneymaker for Amazon. Um, that's where all their profit, literally all their profit comes from uh, AWS. It's basically the backbone for the entire internet. Hmm. So it's someone who actually, you know, like, it's, it, you know, it's going into someone who's got, you know, good hands for the company, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, Bezos is a... He's going to stay engaged in Amazon product or projects, but it's going to give him more time to focus on the Bezos Earth Fund, his Blue Origin spaceship company. Are you telling me this dude's leaving Amazon to work on spaceships? Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> he, they've been a direct competitor for Tesla, and I use that term very loosely because while Tesla's actually operational now, or sorry, not Tesla, SpaceX. SpaceX is operational. Blue Origin is still in the research and development phases. Um, mm. So he's looking to focus on that i mean it's a smart business plan if you think about it space is definitely the next now that space is getting privatized it's definitely going to be the next gold mine everyone wants to get their hands in on it well yeah i mean i can tell you that dude lives an interesting life yeah and that's like he can become a super villain like he's always wanted (laughs) Uh, we're gonna have uh elon musk being like tony stark and jeff bezos being I have no idea who he would be. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't see Elon Musk being a good Brainiac. guy. Oh man. Yeah, without so like without going down like the political bandwagon, rumor from like his insider team is that uh come twenty twenty four he might announce a presidential run and that's why he's stepping down now. Hmm. So I, mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh speaking of money, anybody checked it on the GameStop stocks? I, <laughs> Can't remember if we touched on it last week during the podcast about how it went from basically don't ever buy it because it's not, I mean, they were actively losing money to their stock just skyrocketing. Yeah, um, I may or may not have bought into the the meme stock. I mean, Reddit told me to do it, so, (laughs) but I like the stock. 
Yeah, no, um, it crashed hardcore. There's a lot of people that, that dumped a small fortune into it, and it uh, it definitely crashed. But, you know, diamond hands, man, we hold. Are you still holding? Oh, yeah, I'm still holding. I mean, at this point, it's just like I'm I'm guaranteed if I sell right now to, to lose. I'm like, right. guaranteed. I don't lose until I sell. So at this point, I'm just holding because – you know? You're reciting every meme I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't get, lose until I sell. <laughs> I mean, we gotta just gotta stay positive, man. Man, I think like I, I obviously I, I didn't do like some people on Reddit. There's one guy who dumped like two million dollars on it, and um, I did not do that. I'm not that risky, nor do I have that kind of money. But um, you know, I bought a couple shares. So at this point, you know, I'm not gonna lose the house if if it doesn't spike, but. I'm holding. I'm hoping it goes back up. I'm not gonna lie. I did invest, and I did pull out that morning um, <laughs> before it before it tanked. So like, I actually made out, and then I was like done, and then it tanked. I'm like, oh my god, thank god. I, I didn't have much in there, but I mean, like, I wasn't buying into it to begin with. Like everybody kept going, it's gonna it's gonna dip down and then skyrocket back up. I'm like, nope, I'm getting out before it dips down. So yeah, no, um, like you you were smart. I mean, like a part of me is like, ah, I'm kicking myself for not selling when it was like 500. But you know what? Yeah. You win some and you lose some. Yeah. Speaking of Doge. If I would have had the money to keep in there, I would have just because I do support GameStop. But yeah. Whatever. I was going to say with, with like the win some and lose some, Doge has just been all over the place. <laughs> I've noticed Think, that. Thanks to Elon Musk. And I am thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I bought a ton of Doge uh, last year um, for dirt cheap. It was like you know, point zero 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 two cents or something when I bought it. So when it hit like nine cents two weeks ago, I was a very happy individual. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Nice. Uh, well, we'll move on from GameStop. Unless you got anything else to say. I don't know anything about stocks. <laughs> I also had money in AMC and pulled out that morning as well. I, I didn't make a whole lot because I didn't invest a whole lot. But I those were the two I went in on. And I'm glad I, I left. And then it, as soon as I left, I like muted AMC and GME and all, all those terms all over Twitter because I never want to hear it ever again. So I, if you were to look at my portfolio right now, you would think I just enjoy losing money. Because <laughs> 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 like, that apparently is my strategy because, you know, I bought into Knock, GME and AMC because it's like yeah, the troll ones, like the people on Reddit clearly kind of know what they're doing ish or they would have been able to pull off what they did with gme so i was like yeah well i'll listen to it what's the worst that happens i feel like in the for the most part the people that knew what they were doing on reddit manipulated a bunch of people to raise up the stock so that they could be the ones to pull out that morning i mean that's exactly what happened there they're acting as a uh small hedge fund and they did it yeah. so yeah i like i bought like 18 shares in knock so like I'll be honest with you, with the potential movies coming out and web series coming out, the stock may actually go back up even just a little bit because interest in the company will return when everyone's talking about it again. So, yeah, like that, I'm, I'm going to hold on to AMC and Nokia for uh, those. Those aren't going to be short term unless like tomorrow we wake up and they've spiked, but I'm going to hold those because, like you said, the AMC's got a lot of partnerships coming out, especially now that the pandemic's starting to die down and vaccines are rolling out. I'm expecting the the market to go back up yeah for anyone that's listening uh this is not financial advice for many of us we have no idea what the heck we're doing none no, no thank you thank you guys for uh joining the wall street podcast <laughs> <laughs> well to move away from finances 
this is a story I'm super interested in. I know uh, Dan, which you guys both know, uh, Dan did a podcast episode or two with Tim and I. He's the leader of the Last Dynasty Guild, but he'll enjoy this. Uh, they did announce the Mass Effect Legendary Edition release date, uh, which I've been super excited about. Uh, it's coming May 14th. Uh, the only downfall is it will not have the Pinnacle Station DLC. It'll have all the other DLC except for the Pinnacle Station, which is uh, from Mass Effect 1. Uh, from what I, everywhere I could see, um, they went to the studio that actually made it because that DLC was made um, out of house. Uh, their source code was corrupted, so they just don't have the file to that DLC anymore. I am excited for the the remaster because uh, I haven't looked into it. Um, do do we know if they've you know updated the controls and what they have? Yes. Thank heavens, because I I got into Mass Effect. I think a Mass Effect three mm-hmm. was the first Ooh. one I played. And, well, I, I I liked Mass Effect three. Like yeah. I was, the controls were really nice. The story was nice. There were some issues in it, and the ending. We won't talk about the ending, well. but. You know, it was an overall, it was a good game. I was like, yeah, this is nice. I want to go, mm-hmm. you know, I, I went and got the, you know, one and two to play. And I started playing number one. I was like, this is terrible. This is horrible. Yeah. How did anyone play this game? And I never finished it. Like, it was just so clunky. And I just, maybe it was a me thing. Maybe I've been no. spoiled by video games. But like, oh. No, the, the first one's, uh, I mean, that's one of the biggest complaints about it is the controls and some of the UI features, which they have, they have come out and said that they're updating the UI and, Yes. Fixing some of the control issues and update, updating to I think uh, 4K resolution. I don't I don't remember if I saw HDR in it or not, but yeah. And again, we're having the same option of 60 frames 60 uh, frames per second HD or you know um, 4K but 30. So it's like, do you want graphics or do you want performance? So right, which I mean, realistically, 60 frames. I'm sure the graphics will be fine because. That'd be a game that would probably be a little hard to play in 30, especially depending on what class you go and what abilities you're using. There's a lot of stuff on screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it a consistent 30? Will it drop below 30? You know, if you throw singularity and everything's getting pulled, and I don't know. I'm extremely excited for it. I actually have not played any of the DLC, so I was looking forward to it. A little bummed out that I can't play Pinnacle Station, but I'm pretty sure I have it on PC if I really wanted to play it on the original. I've never played a Mass Effect. So. Uh, get out of here, Tim. Um, I could well because I was running into the same issue that you actually ran into, Fred, which is I didn't want to go back to a game that's dated that far. Because let's be honest, like you know, Xbox era games was kind of like when we were just figuring out. All right, we can do good graphics and good control simultaneously. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be one or the other. And Mass Effect seemed like when I heard that like the the vehicle didn't control very oh, the well. Mako? Yeah. It's awful. Okay. So, yeah, that's, I didn't want to jump back into it, but I didn't want to start late. I didn't want to go into 3 or Andromeda or whatever and not know what was going on. Even though I know you did say Andromeda is not linked to the new trilogy, like I feel like not. I would still better. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, so. you could play Andromeda and, like, there's the, <laughs> like, I guess lore story wise, there is some, like, connection to it, but it, it's not you don't need to play the other ones. Like I, I got it just cause I didn't realize it was a game. I had no idea it was there until I saw it in the origin store. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. it's $5. Like that's happening. Yeah. Oh, it was it on got, sale. 
I own well, them all. Got, if that counts, I, I own all of them. <laughs> don't play and them. Andromeda got bombed really bad because uh, I mean, I'll be, I'll say it. Uh, Bioware is not the same Bioware. I mean, once EA bought them out, they've they've changed. There's so much leadership. Andromeda story-wise is not nearly as good as the original. No, that I will agree. The story is not as good, but like if you want just to experience a Mass Effect play-style game, yeah, then I'd say try Andromeda. You don't need the uh, the precursor story behind well, it. Well, you've got the remnants. Um, and to tell you the truth, the combat in Andromeda is by far the best combat in any yes. of those games. Yes, it uh, is. And, and honestly, Tim, for you or anybody listening. If you haven't played the original, I would probably play Andromeda first because a lot of people that have played the original trilogy just get super bummed out by Andromeda because the story is not nearly as strong. But, and the only ties in, I think they might mention, oh, Shepard this, Shepard that. I mean, because when you leave, I think Shepard was starting his stuff, but then you're in cryogen for what, 250 years or something like that. So really it takes place after all that but it doesn't mention any of the story because you're in a totally different solar system. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm going to try the remaster because, you know, updated graphics, updated controls. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I understand, Mass Effect 1 will have Mass Effect 2 controls. Um, oh, I'm all right with that. I guess it's supposed to be a lot better. So, and then, of course, graphics-wise. So I don't have to feel like I'm going back in time to play an old game to enjoy the new stuff. So that'll be that'll be a bonus. And, and I'm a huge fan of old Bioware. Yeah. Um, they have some of the best storytelling out there. I, I guess originally that Mass Effect game was a supposed was supposed to be a Star Wars related thing, and they couldn't get the license oh, really? again, so they just said we're just do our own Star Wars. So, it and it play, out. It, I guess it plays kind of like Knights of the Old Republic, right? A bit mm. you get dialogue trees and all that. Good yes, stuff. yes. Yeah. It's it's got the Bioware dialogue wheel and okay, the yeah. choices you make impact it. I mean, right. You base, you can pick whether somebody survives or not. I mean, it's got a lot of that. It just doesn't have the turn-based combat that Knights of the Old Republic tended to have. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. I've been watching it. I've been keeping an eye out ever since it was rumored that they were going to be doing the remaster. So I think I'll give it a try. Yeah. Uh, our next story is uh, another EA thing. Apex Legends is coming to Switch. Uh, release date March 9th and it's going to have cross-platform play between PS4 well between everything and that's that's (laughs) basing what Smite looks like on the Switch it's potato graphics I cannot imagine trying to play Apex on the Switch that is just going to be a dumpster fire yeah, games that were not optimized for the Switch in development, I just feel like it hasn't worked out so far. I mean, have you guys looked at uh, the Mortal Kombat graphics on the Switch? Yeah. <gasps> so I mean, bad. Even Skyrim, which was what we look at, a decade old now at this point, I mean, yeah. doesn't really even look that good on this new software or new hardware. It's just. I mean, you're using, I don't know the exact tech specs of the, the, the Switch, but I'm going to go out on a limb and probably assume it's using um, tablet-based software and hardware, so you're not mm-hmm. working with much. I say that, and someone's going to like listen to this and just be like, <laughs> matter of fact. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, no, um, speaking of, they did shoot, Nintendo did shoot down the rumor that they were working on a new, like a Pro, a Switch Pro. A lot of people were looking forward to because yeah. then we want to actually get you know good versions of these ports, and they they said no, not happening. So 
they could be lying. They do have a tendency of saying we're not doing something when we really are because they Nintendo like surprises. They like to announce yeah. it when they're ready to announce it, which is like something that I feel like you know Cyberpunk should have benefited from. You know, <laughs> announcing it when they were ready and not just like a decade ago. But um, I haven't played Apex in probably since it came out, so yeah, I don't know if it's same. gotten any better or. I've uh, from friends of mine that play it that have been trying to get me back into it. They said that it's gotten a lot better because I played during season one and I hated it. I absolutely yeah. despised the game. There was so much wrong and so many things buggy and broken with the game that I just refused to play it. <laughs> I'd much rather play PUBG if I'm going to do one of those. But my understanding is that it's gotten a lot better. The guns are all somewhat balanced, and by balance, I mean I think everything's worthless except for one gun now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. It's they've basically done like exactly what they did at the beginning, but they flipped it a little bit. I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. I just thought I was just like, wow, this game is exactly fine. <laughs> so like, I'll yeah, never like, go back to it. Uh, I, I love the concept, the play style, the mechanics, and the graphics were all really nice. Like it was really fun how it played. I hated how um, important it was for loot, which I understand. Like the whole it's the whole purpose of the game is to, you know get better gear, but. You know, with PUBG, you could land and pick up a frying pan and a silenced pistol, like the two worst items in the game, and you could hold your own. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't a guaranteed, like, loss. You're probably going to die, but you could still hold your own. And uh, Apex, you know, you'd land and someone would get the, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the guns, but someone would get, like, the uh, the revolver, and you'd pick up the Mozambique, and it's just like, well, I'm going to die. There's literally no way I can kill anyone with this gun. Yep, you die every time. And honestly, I'm not big on team gameplay. So, like, the fact that it's not only trios, but, like, you have to rely on your team was not good for me. Because the very first, my first instinct was to go Rambo. And, like, I died. And then nobody would revive me. <laughs> so, like, why are they going to revive somebody that just ran off from the entire team? So, yeah, wasn't for me, but. Hey, don't play Smite. It's extremely team-based. Yeah, so that's that's why I haven't really gotten into stuff like that. Well, I mean, it, it, at first, if you, when you get to the point where you can hold your own, you can kind of solo stuff in Smite. Just Have saying. you seen me play? Yeah, you're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's like, all right, two people go up, two people go down, one go in the middle, and then I'll be like going zigzag in every direction. They'll be like, you know, let's kick him off the team because he's not playing right at all. So if you, if you do Conquest, yeah, they're very, very um, anal about you know, you doing the rotations and whatnot, because if you don't, you're going to get outplayed and and lose. But that's just the traditional MOBA game mode. There's multiple ones. Like we've been playing the arena and that's just team deathmatch. That's just literally 5v5 fight to the death. That's a lot of fun. That one, you can just do whatever you want. I do. (laughs) He does. He does. And he does it poorly. So he's always dying. I have to come in and save him. Uh, The last couple news stories we have are just, it's the first of the month, so we have our new uh, PS Plus free games and Xbox games with gold. Uh, for PlayStation, we get Concrete Genie for PS4, Control for PS4 and PS5, and Destruction All-Stars for PS5. And then for Xbox, we get uh, Gears 5, Resident Evil 1, and Dandara. Not sure what Dandara is, but it's got a cool name. Those aren't bad. No, Control was, uh, I actually haven't finished Control, but I played probably three quarters of it and really enjoyed it. I just haven't gone back to it. 
Control isn't that the game where they're like, you have to buy it for the for the new gen. Like there, it just can't yeah, be coded they, that way. And then they slipped and accidentally upgraded everybody, and then they're yeah. like, crap. So they undid it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's been a lot of stuff going around Remedy, which I don't know too much about, so we won't touch on. But yeah, I did hear about that, which is kind of a pretty crap business style. Yeah, but is it absolutely cannot be done? And then they accidentally did it themselves. And then yeah, people like, no. I'm upgraded. I haven't paid for it. Like, what the heck? And they're like, oh, no. Well, some people can do it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> some random developer was like, can I really not do click? Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, so we're kind of on a little time crunch uh, this week. But we're going to go ahead and get into Tech Talk with Fred. Uh, we're going to talk about some cameras and security systems. Uh, like I said, this will probably be a semi-quick um, section this week just because we're on a time crunch but uh fred you and i have talked off air about security well more more cameras than security systems because i've been thinking about getting one so i know we thought it would be maybe an interesting talk to have here uh and as you know i'm lazy uh i'm not a handyman what are some good easy maybe wireless cameras uh you know for outdoor use that people like me could install yeah, so I'm going to start with the Arlo's just because I spoke about their baby camera uh, last week. Um, the Arlo, uh, well, Arlo makes 100% uh, wireless based um, cameras that are good for outdoors or indoors. Um, they are uh, more expensive than your traditional hard-lined cameras. Um, but the way they work is they're rechargeable batteries that you put into it and you attach it wherever it is you want outside. You sync it up to its base station. The base station is plugged into your router. And that's it. Bam, camera's up and running, plug and play. Um, completely scalable if you have, if you want two cameras or if you want 200, you can, you know, to like sync them up, you literally just buy the camera, push the little sync button on the back, push the sync button on the base station, and boom, you're done. That's all you have to do. Um, no wires needed, it's battery operated, attach it outside, they're 100% weatherproof, waterproof, heat resistant, um, cold resistant. Caveat to the cold is if you live in an incredibly cold environment, um, cold drains battery life, so you will have to recharge those more frequently. Um, the Arlo's that I had, and I had the lowest model Arlo, which is like literally Arlo V1, um, I had to replace the batteries during the winter about every uh, seven, eight weeks. Um, mm -hmm. During the summer, it lasted about three to four months in between battery charges. Uh -huh. uh, it also depends like where it is. Like I had a camera faced, um, you know, that could see my street. So if anyone drove in front of the house, the camera would go off. That camera died about every four weeks. It was always being used, you know, depending on traffic, it would go off hundred plus times a day and that one you know that one died very quickly but the uh, camera in my backyard that never went off because there was nothing ever in the backyard would last like five six months in between battery charges uh i may have missed this did we get sponsored by arlo no we did not i'm just <laughs> i i for simplicity i like arlo there's others like them um but it's so simple to use and you know the uh, if you have like the baby monitor like i do the uh, the app it's all in one place so you literally just open the app and you can see 
you know, the baby monitor, your all the cameras that you have, and you can name them and whatnot. But you wanted wireless and <laughs> ease, and Arlo is like the epitome of, you know, they're the extreme end of wireless plug and play. Like anyone can set these up. You don't need to be any type of tech guru to set these guys up. Um, but the downside for this is if you want to go that route where you don't want to have to do anything, you just want to plug it in and let it go. Um, they're expensive. Uh, yeah. Depending on which one you want. Like they have just the bare bones, basic one that has no audio. And those are, you know, like $150 per camera um, all the way up to, they have, I think it's like the Arlo ultra two, which is, you know, 4k. Uh, it's got, two-way audio so you can if someone's in your backyard you can like yell at him and be like hey get out my lawn uh, i want a 4k camera so i can see somebody robbing me in the perfect definition <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> like the, yeah, the, the super advanced one has like 4k night vision two-way audio it's got smart tracking so if someone comes in it like you know we'll digitally like zoom in on the body and track them Jesus. It, it doesn't have it's it's not um it doesn't have the ability to swivel, but it's got, you know, like a 4K fisheye lens. So it'll like zoom in on the face and just follow them. So you make sure you get a good um, clear image of whoever's there. All sorts of crazy thing. And that one is very expensive. Uh, I think that one's like $600 per camera. Ooh. Yeah, like you're paying a large sum of money for for those. But you wanted super easy plug and play. And that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. So on the other side of the house, um, if you are willing to do a little bit of the work yourself, uh, I'm not really going to go into brands just because there's... Because they don't sponsor us. I get it. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. Like Arlo is just like one of the ones that is completely wireless. That's why I, yeah. I spoke on them. There's not too many 100% wireless cameras out there uh, that do it as effectively as Arlo. Um, that's the main reason I'm talking about them. I wish we were sponsored by them, but... That'd the, be nice. Yeah, the hardware with Arlo is really good. Their Netgear, I mean, you can't get better than Netgear. They they know what they're doing. They've been making stuff since the dawn of the internet. Um, so super secure, super easy. You get the idea. On the other side, your traditional um, wired ones, there's so many options. And it really depends on how much money you're willing to spend. Uh, the sky's the limit there. Um, with a wireless option, you're going to pay money. It's just an an inherent downside of entirelessly wire or entirelessly wireless um, um, system. system. Yeah, because it's you know wireless. There's it's super easy. The, the easier it is, the more you're going to pay. So for wired options, my recommendation is go with a power over Ethernet option. And Trey and I kind of spoke about this. What power over Ethernet is, or PoE. It doesn't need a traditional outlet to work. One of the big downsides of some of the more traditional cameras is you usually need to find, you have to run like two wires. You need to run the, the video audio cable back to the base station, and then you also need to plug it in. And that's a very daunting task. If you're not a handy person, you know, no one wants to run new electrical outlets and stuff. It can be very complicated and hazardous if you don't know what you're doing. So power over ethernet is super easy. And basically what it is, is the camera, you mount it wherever you want, inside, outside. And when you mount it, you know, you wanna run ethernet cable, which 
if you have never done it, it can sound very intimidating, but Ethernet cable is super easy to run. There's no hazard involved. I mean, the most hazardous part of it's going to be operating a drill. So if you don't know what you're doing there, I can't help you. Uh, but as far as the actual you know, labor part of it, um, running Ethernet cables, super easy. I mean, it's just cabling. You literally drill a hole, stick it in, run it to wherever you want, <clears throat> plug it in there. But the way it works is, um, you know, it's got like the, the base station box that you plug into an outlet. You'd run the cable from the camera to the box, and then the power is transmitted via the cable that also sends the um, video and audio feed. Those are super easy, and you can get like a six camera 4K system um, for like $500, or you can get one of the super advanced like 15 camera systems for like $10,000. Um, it, it, I mean, it really depends on how much money you want to spend. Yeah. Um, power over Ethernet camera systems are residential and commercial. So if you've ever been in a bank, Walmart, whatever, and you see like the the CCTVs that are, you know, put up everywhere, those are uh, power over Ethernet for the most part, just because it's most cost eff uh, efficient ones, and they're pretty easy to install. Uh, so Swan cameras, they're really really easy um, PoE systems. Uh, it's just like a little box that you plug in that's got a hard drive that can store all the stuff and then the cameras just plug into it um, oh. and they're relatively affordable they've got really good ratings 4k night vision um, and you also get the intimidating factor if someone walks up and you see these you know just big chunky cameras staring at you all over your house you're like mm, i'm not gonna mess with them <laughs> so i don't know like i i touched on this stuff at a very high level like do you have questions you know that maybe are viewers would have as well i mean for me no it sounds pretty straightforward uh if you're lazy like me buy something like it buy either the arlo or something similar to it and if you want to run cords poe is going to be your best bet because you know like you said finding an outlet or having to put a camera near an outlet may not be um, the ideal location and then running actual electricity out there is just most of the time that's more hassle than it's worth yeah and it can be dangerous um so I guess back to the wireless, um, there are some of the um, um, big tech giants have one. So like Google Nest does have oh, yeah. cameras. Uh, those are a little bit more budget friendly. Uh, Ring has a few. Uh, the, the downside with Ring and Nest and Wise, those companies are they're, they're trying to compete with Arlo. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're not quite there yet. Uh, they've got really good designs. You know, they're not bad cameras. They're, you know, on the up and up, but they're not quite there on the hardware side yet. They've still got issues. I mean, I think Ring had to recall all their cameras because they were blowing up and setting houses on fire. Well, I better go take my doorbell down. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it happened. So they're, they're, well, they're still working. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I like the ring. The downfall for me with those are, and it may be the same as Arlo, you can touch on this, is they don't store any of the footage locally. Uh, and with ring, you have to pay a subscription. I mean, I think they store maybe two hours, maybe. So the way Arlo works, and this is also why I really like them, um, included in the purchase is seven days of cloud storage. You don't have to pay a subscription for it the way it's, it's a rolling seven days. So um, what is recorded today is replaced or, it, it, you know, 
today starts, it deletes, you know, seven days ago. And that's just mm -hmm. the free storage. Uh, if something happens, you can download it locally and save like the, the video footage of it. Um, and then also in the base stations, uh, the newer models have the ability to plug in external storage. So you could plug in oh. a two terabyte external hard drive and you could just record everything and save it locally. So that is one thing the art load does have is that if you um, have the old systems, you know, you have that seven day rolling cloud storage that you can use that's free. Um, they do offer a paid monthly subscription. I don't know the cost. I've never needed it, but you can, you know, save, uh, you know, basically indefinitely up to whatever, you know, storage capacity you pay for, for your stuff, if you want that option, or if you've got one of the advanced ones, you can plug in storage locally and download everything to it. Hmm. So Arlo does have that. Well, um, yeah, I'd say I've got some suggestions to look into. Uh, thank you, Fred. Yeah. Now, if only we could get sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're not. <laughs> I, I thought we were with how much we're talking about Arlo, but um, on that, I think we're going to start our closing thoughts. Uh, I know, thank you to our uh, editor and producer, Tim. We are now on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you don't want to go to YouTube and leave the video running, keeping your phone open, which we all know can be a pain if you just want to listen, check us out there. Uh, review, star, whatever your podcasting platform allows you to do. Anything you can do to help push. If you are watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Um, again, it helps us. And check out our Facebook page. If you could like it, we're going to try to keep updated on there. Uh, podcast, I believe, will be going up on Mondays. Um, time frame uh, is up to Tim, but uh, I know Mondays is the target. But if you like the Facebook page and follow us, uh, one of us will try to keep updated when it does go up. Um, as well as, you know, we'll start other chatting on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. I think it's into the, at into this fatherverse. At um, fatherverse. At fatherverse, okay. Um, we have created a Twitch account, which we, we haven't started using yet. Um, and then again, the biggest thing that would help us is actually sending in an email to into the fatherverse at gmail.com with questions uh, if you want, you know, questions for Fred to go over with different tech, or if you have questions for Tim on how he's editing, putting it on podcasts, or if you just have questions about, you know, day-to-day -day dad life, um, anything would help start conversations and it would give, uh, get you guys involved with us. Uh, anything else you guys can think of? Nope. I think we covered, <laughs> covered all the bases. Yep. We're well, good. all right. On that note, you guys have a good week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.